Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Today we continue our conversation with Ross from DefyDanger.com, creator of Avarice RPG. You can find links to Ross's craft work in the show notes. So this game really sounds complex, but the question here is uh, how long do you play for one session? Like three-ish hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. Character generation and embark usually takes about an hour, and then the, and then the rest of it. Yeah. I do have to say though that uh, the rules aren't as complex as you might think. the uh, The instructions are, are well written, and there is a lot of it that is not uh, strongly defined. I guess that would be a, a way to say it. Yes. Yes. That, so yeah. while while you may be uh, talking about all these things that might be. Uh, um, complicated you don't actually have that codified and you can uh, elaborate as much or as little as you want for any particular uh round i guess you would yeah right yeah exactly and like i was saying before like the original like the early game designs of this um were very much into focused on like okay i need to codify every single little aspect that's happening just like dwarf fortress the video game does and then i realized like okay we don't have a computer figuring that all out so we have to gloss over a lot of the little in, in nitty gritty details and pull back and have the bigger scope of story that's being told so for example like one of the things like that easily represents that is when you build a new chamber within your fortress all of the stairs and tunnels and connecting like architectural interstitial pieces you draw that as well like for free like you don't have to worry about every single tile that you're mining out you just freehand draw out whatever it is that you're drawing you draw all the details to it all the little like sconces and finishes and like you kind of get real artistic on it or as much as you want or can because a lot of people are very bad at drawing and that's fine uh, myself included uh and then all the like the little pieces in between that have to be there to connect it back to the fortress you just draw that as well you don't need to roll for that or anything like that so it, it's it's zooming out of the detail in favor of the big picture and so aside from a pen and paper do you need anything else do i need dice or like 12-sided some, dice or anything you need some 12-sided dice you need uh writing implements and a piece of paper I, uh, 11 by 17 is like the paper is probably like the best that I found. Uh, you need, you know, you need to print out some cards that come with the game uh, to, to to roll up random events and for your better thoughts. Uh, and then, of course, you need the twelve-sided dice. Like, if you have four twelve-sided dice, you're probably fine. Uh, oh, and then you need a couple ten-sided dice to do uh, random character creation to randomly generate your clan's name and what animal they worship. Or they like the best, what gems they prefer. War corgis, that's got to be the animal that people like the best. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm working on it. I I, I said that, like, I've played this almost entirely with people who don't know Dwarf Fortress very well, and I've been on uh, two now uh, podcasts that are focused on RPGs, tabletop RPGs, and bringing, and I'm trying to, like, bring the Dwarf Fortress to them. So it's kind of like the opposite of what I'm doing here. And uh, like the, the the dwarfiness of things that like you guys and I take for granted at this point, like that blows them away sometimes. Like people are like, "Oh right, of course it's called a crossbow dwarf." <laughs> like 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 those little things of like saying it's a craft dwarf, it's a fisher dwarf. Like they, they think that's like that's like really neat and innovative. 
and we're like, yeah, of course, that's just what it is. Um, there's a there's an event in Avarice called Where Creature, where a random generated lycanthro, where it's like out of a D100 table of animals, so you can get Where Hyena, Where Giraffe, you know, all the Dwarf Fortress kind of funny Where Creatures that comes up, and then when th when that comes up in Avarice, like when I, and I've been playing with people who don't know Dwarf Fortress. Like they're blown away by how funny and creative that is. So it's kind of like an interesting like take on something that I don't know. I, like at this point, I take it for granted. Like, of course you're going to run into a were giraffe. Isn't that normal? Yeah, absolutely. I see. That's yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, and the text in Avarice is like there's a lot of writing about how much uh, the elves are terrible and how you need to kill them all. And people like are taken back by that too. They're like, "Why is there so much hatred about the elves?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, you guys don't understand. You don't understand about these elves." <laughs> well, and see, I feel like we should talk about that because where did I mean, where did that come from? I know that they get kind of persnickety when it comes to the you know cutting down the trees and stuff. And all right, okay, I get it. You know, I get it. But you know, come on, this outright hatred, guys. You know, we need to. That Tony doesn't really understand where the elf thing comes from either. <laughs> I have heard on old podcasts, uh, let's just say it makes them sound like that they are disagreeable, easily upset, quite violent, and cannibalistic. We are having, we are establishing this fortress to fight off literally the demonic end of the entire world. Right? Like, that's what's at the core of all the goblin civilizations, are these demon leaders, and we're trying to fight that off. And these these elves have the balls to come to us and say, oh, you gave us a barrel full of wine instead of a clay pot. Nope, won't do it. It's, it's... I'm gonna... Where did Legolas touch you? I mean, let's, let's talk about this. What happened? Is this another episode? Do we need to heal? I don't know. But, but I totally understand, you know, elves, and especially in Legends mode, elves are really terrifying. Like you, you not only fight literal uh, tree people, but those tree people will eat you yes. and your friends. And yes. that's terrifying. Nope. Yeah. In the middle of the battle, an elf will peel off and just start chomping down on your friend's face. What kind of monster does that? You know, it likes to be turned into soap, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Thrown into Roland's pit. I don't know. All sorts of yeah, my toilet. Um, yeah. Yeah, cut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only man. <laughs> so I think of elves as more like a force of nature. So they're the most magical stuff happening there. But they do have uh, druids going on and growing stuff out of trees using magic. And then they just go around clad in bark armor and eat your face off. And yeah, it's, it's really kind of a force of nature, you know? They, they protect uh, the forest. They will hunt you down if you cut too many trees and if you are a threat to nature. But then again, they do have warfare with the goblins, but that's mostly because the goblins start attacking them first. 
But it's interesting um, that you talk about like force of nature, and I actually I really agree on that. Um, and because I see the dwarves as a force of industry, I think industry is a keyword that is really tied to dwarves, dwarves really strongly. And I think that's where a lot of the animosity uh, between the dwarves and the elves comes from. Is the elves are all elves are all about nature, and the natural world is anathema to the dwarves. Right? We're out there busting our asses to forge steel to 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 strike the earth to make something out of raw material and the elves are completely against that and so i think that's why they're terrible things yeah i'm just in this to make wax crafts i don't i don't know about you guys that's my that's my passion door fortress So Roland, Ross brought up a point here a moment ago that may be a problem for your for your Ooh. goblin sweat marketing campaign. Oh. And that is that you are putting the goblin sweat in barrels and the the elves are not going to buy these barrels of air quotes drinking water. Yeah, I see. That you is put them in clay pots. Yeah, weren't you making I, uh, them out of lead? You can do lead barrels, can't you? you yeah, can metal. that's yeah. that's the thing. I have like a massive amount of copper. I can just make it out of copper. I can make it out of lead, so I get like a plus one on damage to health. <laughs> there are options, but as as soon as it's a real wooden barrel, and the elves go like, "How dare you? How how?" dare you and i'm like over here is like oh i'm just trying to trade dude and it's like do these elves know how hard we just worked to make that barrel like and they're just going to turn their uppity noses at it Ugh. why is it that it's all good for them to sell you wooden crap but then the one time that i accidentally sneak in a wooden barrel suddenly we're at fisticuffs like yeah i, I think that there's this weird double standard there that you know, maybe we uh, should address. They, they groan, groan. So they they take a little bit of the tree and shape it out using magic. And so the, a wooden sword is not really a wooden sword, but it's more like a club that's flat. You know. Oh, are are we also maybe talking about sustainably harvest wood as opposed to clear cut forests? Because I, you know, I go at it clear cut. I don't care. Trees grow back. Yeah, this is fair trade swords. <laughs> That's right. Shade grown. Yeah. Fair trade. Yeah, fair enough. But we can all agree that elves are not the worst. You know, they. I I personally accept some elves in my neighborhood for the sole purpose that they bring me exotic animals I can then train. For example, bears. I get a lot of bears right now in my current fortress. I love it. They're perfect. And that's the only reason why I do not wage war on the, those tree huggers right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Like bringing, like an elf bringing in a pair of breeding tigers or something like that is pretty nice. Yes, yes. But you know what's the real enemy? Chaos. Oh my god, oh. the kids. Yeah, those yeah. are annoying. They, they just steal, like you have like one axe that you start with and they steal it and then they just fly away giving you, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because Kia just this moment stole cut gems worth like half a million. Kia's and uh, macaques. W what now? 
uh, rhesus macaques that are kind of monkey. Oh, so, yeah. Like, I think it's mostly jungle biomes. They'll come in and they'll just steal things from you randomly. And if you try to attack them, like, sometimes they'll get angry and they'll fight back and bite your doors. And it's, they're pretty terrible as well. Yeah, I, I had uh, giant gray langurs once, and only the sight of them spooked my dwarves, and then they <laughs> ran away and dropped stuff they had in their hands, and then the uh, ape came in, took it, and ran away. Like, oh, damn! And they're big as buses, you know? You, you can't just poke them with a the stick. You know, if you love these thieving creatures and you enjoy that sort of fun, you can add to the fun with Mef's Fortress Defense, his Fortress Defense mod, which I've mentioned before. I think that's what it's called. Might not be called that, might be called something else, but in any case, we'll, we'll sort that out. But anyway, he did this mod, and you can drop in additional people or creatures from other races, and so you can have, like, you know, tiger men that can come in and steal stuff that act like um, yes. thieves, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I love it. Because then you at least stand a chance. I hate things that fly. Like, I don't get my stuff and fly off because we've already talked about the poor efficacy of archers. Um, so, like, the whole flying thing is just rude. Yeah, and it takes so long. Like, so my current fortress that I have right now, I do have a working archery range, and I've seen them actually shoot in it. So that's, like, accomplishment right off the bat. But it takes so much time and effort to get to that point. And to get anyone like worth anything in archery besides like maybe a couple hunters or something like that, like it, it's yeah, the air defense is really tough, really difficult. I can't build a tower. That would be a cool mod, I guess, or maybe um, an update would be some sort of like uh, air air defense tower that the dwarves could build with. I don't know, some sort of functional air siege weapon. I don't know that lasers that, that is, lasers <laughs> yeah when you dig down to the cavern lasers and you get adamantine or whatever and you start turning it into lasers that's great with the gems you can polish rubies up there you go <laughs> now you're thinking what happens when you mix dwarf fortress with empire earth you get laser miners oh my god yes <laughs> i love that game by the way I bet you Steam blows up some of these mod ideas because it, it really did for RimWorld. The, the crazy depth of mod in there. That, uh, that image that you posted to, uh, to Discord with the, with the Kia carrying the ladders, uh, yeah. where'd you get that? Uh, it was from a Reddit post that I, I just like searched Dwarf Fortress Kia and, and I found it. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of the person who did the original artwork on that and see if I can use that for this week's featured image. That's pretty awesome. I love it. Why is a bird stealing a ladder? Come on. It's just to be spiteful. A five-pound bird cannot carry a three-pound ladder, right? What if it was an African swallow? Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I had Kias stealing uh, silver wheelbarrows, and you can't tell me that a tiny bird can oh, actually man. lift a silver wheelbarrow. Like, maybe they're no really way. big. Or maybe your wheelbarrows are really small. <laughs> like, what kind of wheelbarrow are we talking about? Like, hand-sized or what? It's the wheelbarrow from Monopoly. Maybe the dwarves are so, <laughs> are so good at metal craft that they can make the silver so thin that it's light enough for a bird to carry. Like, have you ever thought about how awesome your dwarves are? Yeah, sure, but that, that stuff would break if you put wood in it or something. Uh, yeah. It's impractical. 
I'm kind of grasping at straws. <laughs> Not if it's Gorilla Glass. Wait, Gorilla, gorilla Glass. Yeah. Gorilla Need Silver. Real yeah. rubies. <laughs> gorilla Silver. <laughs> gorilla Silver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a cool image though. I like it. There's been um there's been a lot of those kind of silly posts on Reddit. I enjoy that. Um, that seems to be one of the more active. I don't look at the Bay 12 forums, so maybe that's why I don't talk about them ever. Maybe I should change that, but I don't know. I, can I change? I don't know. But um, I really like the Door Fortress Reddit. It's got a lot going for it and pretty active. Yeah. And there's a lot of that silly stuff in there as well. People's drawings. I think Krug Smash has really helped people start to draw more and stuff, and that's been really awesome to see mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. of these visualizations. There's There's a slight maybe unimportant but existing a difference between the subreddit and the, the bay 12 games forums and that the bay 12 games forums i think the questions and answers and topics tend to be more towards the development side of things because that's the place i know that at least it was the place that Tony one would read pretty much completely where the the reddit seems to be more community creative uh input yeah, yep. I think you're I think you're spot on there. Yeah, and I I, don't, I haven't been with the community long enough to really understand like which it came from originally, but like the whole the whole like dwarfy culture about like hating elves and uh you know magma everything and that kind of thing. I don't know if it came from either a war, but the Reddit sub, the subreddit is definitely like way more into it. Yeah, they're definitely into the magma. Like, you can ask a question, you know, saying, like, you know, my dwarves don't know how to make ladders. And they'll say, have you tried throwing them in magma or whatever? I, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't get old for me. But um, I, I suppose if you're looking for an actual answer, yeah, maybe Bay 12 is a place for that. Because I think my Google search has turned me to Bay 12 sometimes. Well, there is there's always this uh, massive uh, question thread above everything else, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. It's it's always on top of the page. And um, before uh, 44.12 came out, I used to hang around in that question thread and just answer questions if I could. And um, so many times people actually just get get got back to me after they solved the problem or whatever and said, thank you, I solved it. And that was sweet. Yeah, that's something I, I, I say about Dwarf Fortress um, subreddit and the community at large. Like, it's one of the most positive and helpful gaming communities that are out there. Like, like it really does. Like, everyone, like, binds together. There's, there's very, very rare instances that anyone, like, says anything very negative or condescending or anything like that. And I think part of it is, again, like, that idea of camaraderie through shared suffering. Like, we've all gone through the pain of learning how to play this game. Right, like, like the learning curve for this is really tough, and we've all experienced it. We all know, like, no, this isn't something you just like pick up one day and just you just do it. Like, it takes a lot of thought and effort to to play Dwarf Fortress, and then the rewards, of course, are awesome when you get through that. And so we all have this, like, yeah, man, we've been there. We understand, and and we all we're all out there to help each other. You know, and probably a good shout out to the moderators of the Reddit forum too, because having been a moderator of various web forums, it's not an easy job. Um, and I think that you're right. I think they do keep the tone really positive and yeah. on point. Maybe that's some community, but I also think it's probably a lot of hard work from them. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. So it's turned out to, turned out to be a really good a good spot. So and I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with 
um, with Steam because I know Steam has its own forums too and a much more varied user base perhaps. So yeah. we will see. So let's take a look at the states of our fortresses. Um, Ross, you want to go first, talk about any fortress you might be working on? Yeah, so the current fortress that I'm really focused on is Kilrudziril Bronze Fires. Uh, population's 161. It's been around for 14 years. I started it as a, uh, I just, I had a couple ideas and like new things that kind of came out that I wanted to try out. So I just did a real quick uh, medium-sized world and I let it run to um, the earliest time setting just to like get something out there so it's still very early in the in the whole history of the world um you guys have mentioned before blue knight brown horse and he has these like tutorials and kind of things that he's been posting up on reddit um so i saw i saw that a while ago on how he does the his farming and vegetation i was like oh wow that's some like interesting things that i have not seen before and how to like how he does his like planting and crop rotation so i started out with that and then, and I wanted to experience that, explore with that. And then also something with the newest version or the newest update of Dwarf Fortress is I feel like, you know, the, the stress mechanics are always kind of like swingy between versions. And this one seems like pretty punishing. So I was like, how do I stop my dwarves from going absolutely bonkers so early? So um, also with Blue Knight Brown Horse, he like recommends custom professions. So I started saying, okay, well, what I need to do is create I need to dedicate dwarves who are, their personalities are really good and uh, durable in terms of seeing horrible things. And those are my morticians. Like I need just like one or two of them for the whole fortress. And those dwarves and those dwarves alone are allowed to take care of bodies. And that's, that's their entire great idea. And most of the time they don't have anything to do. And all they do is hang out in the tavern or go pray and stuff like that. And that's great. Good. Let them have time off, which kind of rolled into the next thing in um, Krugsmatch's current um, series, the, uh, the the Honey Stokers. He has the Autumn Fest that's in there, and it's like once one season out of the year, he just like shuts everything down and says, no, everyone has to go into the tavern and the temples and just like take a season off. And I've been using that, and that has helped so much. And making a small tavern has helped a lot too, because when you make a small tavern, you just like jam all the dwarves into there, and then they stop being as uh, despondent about not being social. So when dwarves when they want to be social or to get a dwarf to be social, they have to be next physically next to another dwarf. So you just got to like jam them into a very small tavern, and that helps a lot. Um, so I've been working with that. And then I kind of also mentioned like uh, sewing and uh, sewing images onto cloth and dyeing cloth. I've been focusing a lot on that because the dwarves like that. And then I've, oh, and then also kind of a fun thing I've been doing is when I capture um, elves, I usually, <laughs> I have a torture chamber that's set up. So it's a, it's a spike trap that has just, that's made of just one wooden training spear. And then I chain them into a room that it's like, there's the chain and then the, and then the next tile over is the spike trap. And then uh, it leads out and then there's the door. And then I have a dwarf there that just keeps like operating the lever repeatedly. And they eventually, and I just like stab them with these with spears until they die. Oh my God, that has Roland written all over it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, but um, 
the main question about that is, is that a spear you made yourself out of wood, or is it an elven-grown spear? Oh, man. Oh, that's a great idea. I didn't even think it's a one that I made. But if I I need to get an elven-grown spear and use that against... Oh, you've just, uh, you've just really awakened some... Some interesting thoughts. Thank you very yes. much. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ah, yeah. Well, and you just started a new fortress then. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we talked about uh, the fact that I am naming all of my dwarves after rock and roll pioneers from the 1950s and then going to retire the fortress. I've run into a problem that has really uh, slowed down my uh, implementation of this plan. And that is dwarf therapist keeps crashing on me as after I've changed like three names in a row. So that put me a little bit behind the eight ball. And the fact that we have a, a short week this week means that I didn't really have any progress, except I've got three quarters of my population named things like buddy, Holly, fats, Domino, Patsy Klein, and Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> in my fortress too, I've been doing a lot of custom professions and custom names. And I found that really helpful. So like, when I, for, in terms of uh, warning messages. So like, if I get a, like, it's fun to see like, Gordon Ramsay has made a masterwork pot roast or whatever the hell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but then like, when you see, when you see, um, oh, what's a good one? Uh, Levi Strauss, who's my usual like person who makes clothes, uh, has been interrupted by a cave alligator. I'm like, okay, something's way off. Why is there a cave alligator all the way up in my cloth industry? And then, like, that immediately triggers you in as to, like, where things are and, like, things that are going wrong. Oh, gosh. I never even thought of doing something like that. You can be, like, <laughs> have, a, have a clothing maker called Versace. Right. Oh, yeah. So my cloth makers are Levi Strauss, Chanel, and I, I forgot we got one more. And that helps a lot. Roland, did you play any? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been playing a bit. And... Today, actually, I got the best artifact ever. My my apprentice, Child, I tend to uh, appoint even Child to uh, any labor so that when they grow up, they are already a bit good in what they do. And uh, this also prevents Child from being uh, making useless bone crafts when they get uh, the mood. And this... This works great, you know, like I don't get any stupid bone crafts anymore unless a real bone carver gets actually the mood, but hey-ho. So this child in particular was a weaponsmith and uh, of course, that's great news, always great news. And I was like, Whew, okay, let's see what we can do here. So I forbid all the metals and the only thing that was uh, acceptable to use was platinum. So I kind of gambled on uh, getting like a blunt weapon. And I won. I got a platinum warhammer that is also uh, studded with uh, raw platinum blocks. And it's great. It's great. It, it's not so bedazzled with uh, pictures and stuff. It only has like a bit of hanging rings of cloth and uh, wooden spikes. And an artifact made of multiple things of platinum has got to be worth a lot. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, the best thing is on the weapon is an image of 
my queen who lives in my uh, fort uh, who is not a dwarf but a uh, jackal woman and That's cool. yeah <laughs> and uh, on the weapon is the scene in which she becomes the queen of my civilization and i gave that weapon to her husband who is my um master tactician military general so he leads usually leads uh, like small ambushes on the goblin uh to my uh east and uh i gave him that weapon so Oh, he has always something to look at when he's traveling and always gets reminded of his wife that waits for him at home and stuff. That's that's really cool, I think. And uh, yeah, I just hope for the next siege so he can bash some goblins with that artifact weapon. I mean, it it is my first platinum I've ever And I think it's one of the very few artifacts weapons i've ever gotten that weren't com completely useless like bone spares and stuff so yeah i i did it tony have we talked about your uh fortress no so i've got uh i've got a small world that i built with um fortress defense and so i've put all kinds of varieties of creatures in it but i had a fort going that was everything was just rocking along um Yeah, then all of a sudden, for some reason, I seem to have hit that FPS death, and it you know, went from 170 FPS to zero FPS span of like 30 seconds. So that is retired and doing well in its own now of 300 and something dwarves, which is cool. So now I've got a new one. It's called Orsher, Orsherfath, or Websacked, which is a great name. And so we're doing battle against the Mantis Men. And that was a bit of an accident. I put them in because they sounded really cool, but uh, it turns out they can fly. So when you get a raid of Mantis Men, they just fly right over your walls. So that has added to some of the challenge, uh, for sure. So I've had to rethink how I designed the fort because the Mantis Men will just fly right over walls. Uh, so, whoops, surprise! Uh, and then their fort seems to be inhabited by a charcoal brute. So... Um, he seems to be doing all kinds of damage. So I've got a new a new thing going. And I decided, as per one of our other conversations, to make the only food industry cheese making. So the dwarves are eating cheese um, based on animals that they capture. So things are going pretty well uh, in the fort. Uh, everything smells like cheese and we're fighting a charcoal brute. That's that. <laughs> that's a tough challenge because like getting enough milk to make all that cheese is... Uh, that's That's a lot of effort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess comparing it to real world events, there was a bit of a great leap forward there where um, we were transitioning from plump helmets to, to cheese. And um, I, I won't lie, there were, there were a lot of potentially unnecessary deaths, but I, I think the ends <laughs> justify the means because now we have a pretty robust cheese, uh, pretty robust cheese industry. So that's, you know, it's really exciting to see the varieties of, you know, Greyhound cheese or whatever that we've got going. It's a good time. Good time. I just want to add one little thing. I totally forgot about it, but I just saw it in my screenshot folder. Um, for some reason, um, a bunch of elves attacked me, and I managed to cage some of them. And one of that is 
the queen of the civilization. Oh, uh, oh nice. So, so I'm just sitting here and I have no idea what I can do with her, you know, like, well, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have any elf grown spears? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I like where this is going. You could also build a glass chamber and um, chain her up with uh, wooden chains. But what? Wooden chains? I don't know. Can you make wooden chains? I've never <laughs> tried. It feels like something you could do. Can do uh, grow in cages, but no chains, I think. There you go. Yeah, keep her in a wooden cage. I think that's a cruel and unusual punishment for an elf, elven queen. I think that we can probably wrap her up. Rock and roll. Ross, where can uh, where can you be found online? How do you want to be reached if our listeners would like to reach out to you and say howdy? Yeah, so all like like we said before, all like my products, as you would say, you can get at defydanger.com and then you can catch me uh, mostly on I'm on Reddit, uh, user Defy Danger, and then also on, on Twitter at C Steven Ross. Okay, well, thanks, Ross, for stopping by and saying hi to us and talking about Avarice and all these uh, Dwarf Fortress uh, insights. Thanks so much for having me. I had a really great time talking to Dwarf Fortress. Uh, does anyone else have anything else that they would like to go over? No, I think we're hey, good. Ross? Okay, uh, I guess that's going to wrap up this episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. And uh, we really do appreciate everybody uh, checking in and downloading the show and listening to it. We're glad that uh, everybody seems to be enjoying the show. So uh, until next time, I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I'm Tony. And thanks again, Ross, uh, very much for stopping by and, and joining us. We'll have you back sometime. That's great. Thanks. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section of this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music is Sky Q. Ellen, composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find Kevin McLeod's music at incompetech.com. You can find a link in the show notes. This is a large rat leather podcast. All Crafts Dwarf Ship is of the highest quality. It is encircled with bands of wombat leather, alpaca wool, oval microcline cabochons, and cave crocodile bone. This podcast menaces with spikes of large rat leather, slate, and praise. Mm-hmm.